Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Ephrata Community Church Weekly Podcast, a conversation with our pastors and leaders meant to continue encouraging you to know God, know freedom, know purpose, and make a difference. Hey, ECC family. It's wonderful to have you with you. It's actually good for us to be with you. That's what Jim meant to say. But anyway, we're one week after, uh, keep it going, we're one week after Easter uh, and our beautiful uh, video technician was worried about my stumbling and tried to clean me up. But I'm like, oh my goodness, this is the real gym yeah, for real. on Monday, <laughs> which uh, when we're releasing this, had a wonderful time yesterday, Kevin following up our Easter service with his uh, message on the ultimate question. We're wrapping up our great exchange series um next week will be our last week on it then we're going into an exciting vision weekend at the end of the month where we talk a little bit about where we think god's taking us this month but uh kevin had us wrapping up on another one of these hinge questions that jesus asked like follow me was one he did a couple weeks ago yeah and this one was the ultimate question who do you say that i am he he said it in caesarea philippi by the way it's the headwaters i had the privilege of being there where jesus supposedly held this conversation it's the headwaters of the of the jordan river yep. it was a big pagan location a lot of little demigod um, de- uh, statues and stuff there and so jesus would have been sitting really in the middle of the political and religious environment of the day yeah. uh and kevin really developed the political the socio-political side but it was also just really it, it was a heavily um uh, re- religiously charged place and uh, just what a great spell to drop the question anyway I loved it and mm-hmm, I loved some of the ways uh, he dealt with how we respond but anyway thoughts for you before we get into some of those yeah I mean uh, I've I've really enjoyed this series uh, and uh, the way that we've weaved in different questions throughout it mm-hmm. and uh, really what Jesus is doing and inviting us to and inviting the disciples to but uh, yeah I really loved I'm a, I'm a huge fan of historical context so I love the fact that he spent some time on that on Sunday yeah. and really helped people see uh, and you know this is a little bit of a rabbit trail so I'll be quick but quite honestly we're in that kind of culture again uh, maybe not exactly the same as the Roman Empire, but I think that understanding that context and Christianity spread in that context helps us actually. Yeah, and yeah, I see the way that we're supposed to live today. And I love the four things Kevin brought up, like uh, the the four responses he called it: speculation, avoidance, divergence, and then confession. Yeah. And I remember, you know, as you know, Dan, and, and similar to you, you spent some time around academic centers, even Christian academic centers. And the speculation piece is huge. Like I, I sat in so many classes during my uh, my master's degrees in religion and divinity, where we're you're sitting there and we're always saying, "Well, some say this, and some say this, yes. and some say yep. this." Um, and by the way, it's not just in academic centers that happen. That happens in now that podcasts are so ubiquitous and access to different thinkers on different things. Well, so and so thinks this about the spiritual gifts, and so and so this or prophecy, etc. Um, it's really easy to begin to sit and live in the opinion of others. Mm-hmm. And almost, so Jesus is great. Uh, in other words, I'll, I'll use an example for myself. Am I just helping to build a place for people to come and meet Jesus? Or is Jim coming to meet Jesus every week at this place? <laughs> yeah. And therefore, the overflow of that then is for other people. That That's how the question hit me. Like, I, I'm not just here to build something for the demographic of the post-Christian mm-hmm. mind or the post even all of these different things. It's like, no, 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 Jim's here to encounter Jesus. Yeah. And hopefully there's an overflow to others. Anyway, so I really related to that speculation one. Yeah, I think, I think um, 
spending time in academic areas as well. Uh, but, I, but I think that there's a, especially, you know, with the postmodern view of, you know, there is no def definite truth that I had a laugh when Kevin said, um, have you ever been around somebody who gives you an answer, but they, when they give you an answer, they actually never give you an answer. Yeah, They're just yeah. saying all these things. And uh, uh, some people uh, that I know actually love conversations like that, yeah. love batting around things and actually never actually landing anywhere. That's right. Um, and so uh, I definitely resonated with that one. But actually all three up to confession that he gave, uh, I, I've, I've experienced them quite a bit. Yeah, I think so, the other one that hit me was the divergence one. And I think that has to go with people who are more burnt out with spirituality or had trauma experiences around yeah. the church where even if they feel like God's making a move on them or trying to uh, really, really talk to them personally, it's like, oh, well, you know what? I'll be let down in the long run or mm -hmm. I'll let myself down or this church will let me down. Yeah. There is this passing off on others, your own disappointment, of, and then therefore not having to wrestle down with your for your own self. Anyway, I'm not being articulate, but that divergent no. one was in there as well, right? Yeah, I get it. No, I actually, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I shared with Kevin uh, yesterday afternoon. I mean, uh, I had had a conversation just recently with someone who uh, is is on the fringes of faith, yeah. and uh, and their response to me it was over text message. But their response to me was so much of this like yes, but my experience with Christians and hypocrisy and the church, and and went on and on and on with all of these reasons why uh, there was a rejection or just a, a, a arm out toward Jesus, right? And my response uh, to this person was very simply, um, yes, but I personally can't get over the person of Jesus. Yeah, that's right. Right? That's right. And I mean, before I knew what even what Kevin was talking about, I was just like, but who is Jesus? Yeah. Like right. I am, I am enraptured with Jesus Christ, That's right. and so yeah, I agree. I, I actually said to this person, I agree with you on some of your critiques of the church, mm -hmm. some of your critiques of Christians, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Jesus. That's right, and and I have, I have, I think I heard it in your voice there. I have sympathy for people who've been hurt or confused by the church yeah. or the presentation of the gospel or what the spiritual life is like. So I have deep sympathy, but nevertheless. Jesus is a living and active being coming to you personally first. Yeah. And then, of course, he links you to a community. And that's the, that's how easy it is to miss that when you've been so offended by the community yeah. of faith or something. And we just want to say this, man, if there's, if there's anything we need to say as Christian leaders to say, sorry. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I probably should say sad because I can't take direct ownership maybe for some of the things that have taken place in different people's lives. But I do want to say this, that that the church doesn't always get it right, but the Spirit of God does, right? Yeah. And But the beauty is the Spirit of God works through flawed things. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Jesus gives us Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He doesn't write his own gospel. So there is still something about him wanting to meet us in the community of faith that we can't apologize for. Yeah. But on the other hand, we know that it's created the ability to not take seriously some of the times Jesus moves on our hearts because we're thinking like, <laughs> I don't even see a Christian I want to be like on the other side of Jesus yeah. moving on me. Um, now, I have to say this, I'm sympathetic for that, but also want to challenge it and say, oh man, they're there. Mm -hmm. There is someone Jesus is showing you, you can be like. Yep. But a lot of times we use it as a cop. It can be used as a cop out too. I just yeah. want to make sure that's said. No, it is. And I think, you know, these three different ways of approaching Jesus are very natural. I think it was not hard uh, for me or for anyone, I would think, to connect to those. Um but yeah, I mean, Kevin came back to it. The question, who do you say that I am, is such an important question. Because it's like, yes, I affirm all of that. I can actually empathize with you on all of that. But at the end of the day, who is Jesus? Right. 
he's a person and he wants to encounter you personally. Right. And I love um, Kevin boiled it down to the confession, right? He says, yeah. hey, ultimately, confession is in agreement with what a repeating. I love that definition mm -hmm. in the Greek there. Uh, 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 that it's a repeating of what has been said or yes. what is understood, right? Yes. Uh, it's not you having to come up with your own thing. It's <laughs> like simply the Lord saying to me like, hey, I'm the Lord. Yeah. And are you going to repeat back to me? You're the Lord, right? And I just love where we landed in that because I don't always know what God's actually asking Dan to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, I take our guess. And naturally, we ended the sermon with like uh, climactic turning toward Jesus. As the, but there was a lot of people in that room Jesus might have been speaking to about a lot of different things. And confession right. is to say yes to what the Lord's asking you to step into, right? Yeah, and that's another, I mean, that's a, maybe uh, you watching today, confession and you have some baggage. I also spoke with somebody last week that has a lot of baggage because of, of their upbringing uh, around confession and the way that it was used and their, their uh, spiritual origins, the church that they grew up in, and this idea of agreement. I, I've heard Kevin say, um, there's so many no's, right? And there's so many, uh, the church sometimes is known for all the things we say no That's to. Right. Right. And so to, to invite people to confess Christ with yes, um, man, I think that's just so powerful. Yeah. Uh, and, and like you said, I mean, the Greek word, homologeo, same word, basically. It, uh, to just a, agree with Jesus on who God is, who you are. Um, I think that for those people, I was actually thinking about this uh, yesterday as well, was for those people that were in the room, that uh, they, they're settled on who Jesus is. He's, he's their Lord and Savior. I think another cool thing is each time that we use kind of like those four yeses, mm -hmm. uh, and I hope you, uh, you at home uh, are, are thinking this way too, uh, we're hopefully equipping you and discipling you in the, in the, from the pulpit on how also to share the gospel. That's right. And That's right. Um, that was the big yes I was sensing in the room for myself was, I mean, I've nailed it down with Jesus, or if you want to call it your soul salvation, but, but I have to tell you like, walking every day in culture like jesus has words and healing and yeah. life for people and being a vessel of that i have to tell you man when i run to home depot i'm on a mission to get what i need to get and get out yes <laughs> but what's it mean to actually show up with a with a mild to moderate expectation that there's someone i can speak life over somewhere in that yeah. that's what i feel jesus's invitation to me that repeating back like i want to be completely saturated as I walk around in everyday culture with something I have to give away to someone else. And you have to say yes to that, because if not, you view that time as your own, or as yeah. your, you know, and, and mm -hmm. you start to lose track of the life that can flow out of you. That's the yes I want to say. That's so good. Yeah. To say yes to not being compartmentalized. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. And, and, and a lot of our culture pushes it toward that. And I don't mean to speak negatively toward the need to set boundaries or compartmentalizations in order to process certain parts of our lives, but there is a certain holism to the to out of you will flow rivers of living water notice it's not channels it's not it's not locks it's not canals mm -hmm. it's rivers and rivers yeah. can sometimes um uh, run their boundaries yeah, right. right and and this is what jesus says i out of you will flow something be ready for when it takes a twist or a turn and i want to say yes to that yeah that's a good yeah so hey that's a little bit about we what we want to um honor kevin's message is just this wonderful we have one more coming up within this great exchange series and then we're pivoting to a vision weekend. So I thought what we would do for our last couple of minutes together is just to talk a little bit about what Dan and I do day in and day out in this community. Um, hopefully as a way of inspiring, I think Dan and I have possibly 
two of the most exciting roles here because we operate in a team known as an advancement team. I mean, we have the privilege of concentrating on leadership development and outward facing initiatives of what it means to be a people in the community, in the region, in the world. And Dan and I get the privilege of sitting around and strategizing, thinking through some of that. And so we thought we'd just take a few minutes with you to share with you what motivates us, what some of our goals are, what some of the stuff that the elders and the executive team of this community pass on for us to wrestle with. And so I wanted to start with just some basic statistics. Uh, we give a monthly report to the elders um, as an advancement team. And here's some fun stuff to come up. Did you know that we had 15 membership applications come in in February, 11 in March? We have this... Um, uh, in a few weeks, we're going to be bringing in 51 new members. And I just found out this morning, we have 42 in process behind that 51. That alone is just shy of 100 people who are saying yes to this community and joining in membership. Now, friends, we want to celebrate attendees. We, we believe you can attend here. May many birds rest in our branches. But there's something quite powerful when people say, hey, I want to, be, I want to give and receive uh, pastorally and through my gifts with this community. And we just want to celebrate those people. But I was joking with Dan before we started here. Membership is not the end goal of this wow. community, man. Uh, membership is one of those things that happens in a life. It's a kind of sacraments of sort with a community where once you've done it, you are then positioned to experience next levels within that community or next levels in mission of what that community is doing. And that's where Dan and I come in and have the privilege of planning some stuff. And I just want to celebrate, Dan, you've been here like four months now. Am I yep. making that up? No, nope, you're not. How many churches do you know believe enough in developing leaders within the community um, to be more and more effective in their sphere of influence wherever they're at? We have a pastor dedicated to that. And I just want to, first of all, celebrate Effort of Community Church for believing in that. And Dan, what are some of the stuff that you're up to? And even after four months, I don't want to pin you to a wall now. Actually. <laughs> what are you doing, man? Let me see your... Let me see your time study this month. Um, yeah. But actually, what is some of the stuff that's exciting you about that vision? Well, I think we're a little biased on what we do, right? Yeah, I we think do. It's, but that's okay. We'll take it. You know, one of the things that I, um, I'm i excited about here is our community has so many people that are already leaders. And uh, Kevin says it all the time, right? There, There's enough leadership potential resident in this community uh, to change the world. And I actually agree with him. Mm. Um, and so... Uh, I take the posture, I get excited about the fact that my, my call is to help people discover that gift that, that God has given them, their gifts that God have given them, and develop that out of them. And so one of the things we're doing here is to be a little bit more intentional about that, creating a culture of leadership development. Uh, it's one thing to say it, but it's another thing to have proper systems and structures. So uh, I'm working on building not only a plan on how to develop people from... Um, depending on, you know, how many people they're leading. So from leading a small group of people all the way up and uh, all the way up to leading, you know, a ministry or an organization and um, a tools along the way that we can help people. I think it's really important. One of my passions is to disciple and develop people, not for the church, but for the world. And so that doesn't mean that what I do and what we do here won't develop leaders that will influence how our church fulfills God's mission. Absolutely. But at the same time, my dream for leadership development here is that uh, we could bring a, a Christian vision, but also uh, Jesus's vision of leadership so that people, regardless of what they're doing Monday through Friday, regardless of what they do outside these walls, that I have 
I can partner with them to That's develop right. them into leaders there uh, because we're a kingdom people. That's right. Uh, we're not just about building leaders for effort at Community Church. And I, I think, and I don't think it's one or the other. I That's think right. it's Absolutely. I believe we do good internal leadership development. Yeah. Uh, it's going to trickle out. Now, here's a fun little thing. Uh, Dan, you might have heard him use the term tool. Uh, one of Dan's early um, roles is to establish what is our leadership development toolbox here. There's so many great tools and understandings yeah. that are available out there. Some of Dan's own academic works in this area. I've, have, I've had the privilege of doing some stuff, finding what are the tools that match this community. So we at this moment actually have one little private group going on that we're using um, uh, as a kind of um, pilot project mm -hmm. around uh, yep. leadership development. Uh, they, we, we, we wrote letters to, I believe it was 30, 24, I'm making up numbers now, <laughs> individuals in the church. I was surprised that to, to do six Monday nights in a row, I believe it is. Um, I was surprised that almost everyone said yes to being in that yeah. cohort. And I quickly scanned over the names of those who said yes. And I saw five of the seven spheres of society represented there. That's so beautiful. if you believe in law and government, I mean, these are the seven spheres we think you interact with every day. In other words, you can't get up and not interact with these seven spheres. Law and government, business and economics, science and technology, family, nonprofit work, education, media, arts and entertainment. We're talking about five of the seven spheres of people sitting in that class. So we're not just preparing here for how to run better weekend services. We're yes. actually believing that what the work we're doing to develop leaders is going to go out from us and uh, what we refer to as outward facing initiatives that make a difference in this region. I'm pretty excited about that, right? Yeah, I am too. I, I hadn't done that. So I'm, you know, even just hearing that now, oh, yeah. that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I, I have an idea, obviously, of who's in that, but I hadn't connected that to which spheres that they're in. Um, yeah, and I think the reason why people responded to it is because, um, you know, my heart is that everybody has within them the ability to lead. That's right. And, um, but it's always been amazing to me the number of people who tell me on a regular basis, no one's ever invested in me, or I've never actually received intentional development. Um, and I've just been blessed my entire journey. Who I am today is because of people who have taken time, taken me alongside them and invested in me. Um, and the number of people that haven't experienced that, I'm just excited by the fact that we can create a system, but also a culture here where right. people experience that. And no longer, hopefully, I meet people that are like, I live 50 years of my life and no one's ever invested mm -hmm. in me. And so I'm not surprised people responded when we invited them to it because people, I think, are hungry. Not only to grow in who they are, but also to, to discover that's right. What what God no, placed in them. So and and we all we both know that that no God, no freedom. Yep. No purpose make a difference. Yeah. Um. So the no God and no freedom aspects. We have so many resources pointed in that anywhere from our weekend services to connect groups to growth groups to special seminars and inner healing etc. Uh, we have those going on. What we're really now talking about is no purpose and make a difference. And let's face the facts, life can be busy enough and have enough white noise in it that you believe your purpose is drowned down to getting your shopping list done for that week or making sure your children don't hurt one another or something like that. <laughs> um, all that to say, absolutely recognizing those as valid things, but also knowing that there is a drive in each of us to have purposes that are bigger than what we would consider what it takes to get by or to survive a week. And, yeah. and us being able to identify those and then showing you how to make a difference out of those purposes. Because there's the other little hitch, isn't it, right? You can even have a sense of what you're supposed to be doing in this world, but to build the disciplines, the, the networks, the communities to get that done, which is what making a difference mm -hmm. is, 
that's what we're really on about. And so thrilled, thrilled, thrilled that we're focusing on that in the area of leadership development and hoping that you take seriously that we really do believe in that, that model of knowing God, knowing freedom, knowing purpose, and making a difference. And we, by the way, that doesn't mean you don't cycle back around in some of those. I would have to say that I'm very knowledgeable right now in what I feel I'm supposed to be doing and even how to do it. But all of a sudden, God shows me another area of freedom. That's right. Or another, yep. like, even the talk we had the other week where Jesus talks about the Father 60 times. How many of us in our community said, man, it never hurts to get another relook at who the mm -hmm. Father is and his love for you, knowing God. We love that God's constantly interacting around those four things, and we hope that they're making a difference in your life. Yeah, and I think, you know, uh, we've talked a lot here, even in the four months that I've been officially on staff, but it, as a community about Ephesians 4 ministry, right? Equipping the saints for the work of the ministry, uh, about restoring the priesthood of all believers. And uh, so I think, in many ways, I see what I do here and what we do as, as basically, you know, putting our money where our mouth is and, and basically living out what we say that we want to do, which is to develop people. And, and uh, once people understand that, you know, we are, we are a kingdom of priests to our God and we are in the world to, to, not, to transform the world and partner with the Holy Spirit and, and, and to bring the kingdom wherever we go. And that the spheres where we are Monday through Friday, that where people are, where they work, uh, where they learn, where they play, those places, God's placed them there. And so when I look at leadership development, yes, there's certain skills and competencies to be a leader, um, but it's also just to equip people to show up the places where they already are as, as a leader for God's kingdom. And so um, I, I, I think that uh, we just are turning up the intentionality of what already we say we believe here. So what we're doing. So. And we hope you find that enjoyable. Well, thanks for being <laughs> with us. Hey, uh, some upcoming stuff to remind you of. There's a woman's prayer walk. Um, yeah. They tend to be quite wonderful where literally a group of women will be marching around this building, praying over it. And um, I believe it's May 13th. Also, if you have a graduate, you know someone, hey, think outside the box. For instance, my son's graduating from a, an 18 month theater school in DC and he, he graduates in two weeks from now. Uh, maybe you have a child who's graduating from a school of ministry or from a college or a community college, whatever it is, would you please go to our website and get them registered to be recognized? Um, um, later in this spring when we recognize our graduates and celebrate them, we'd love for them to be recognized in front of the community so that we can not just celebrate them, but actually pray for them as they launch into the next season. So again, thanks for your time today. We appreciate you. I hope to see you around soon. God bless. Hey, thanks again for joining us today. We hope that you've been encouraged by listening and that you'll join us again next week. You can listen to previous episodes, find additional resources, and of course, learn more about us at effortacommunitychurch.com. <laughs>